137th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Well, hello and ahoy. It looks like you have discovered yet another buried treasure episode, hidden treasure maybe we called it, I don't remember, of Pixelated Paranormal, which means we still don't have all the episodes on the new feed yet, but anyway, here we are, another bonus episode. With me as always is Presto. What's up all you cool ghosts and ghostettes and goblins and goblinettes and crocodunes and crocodingos and whatever the fuck else is out there? <laughs> very nice and very fair. Yeah, yeah, we got another short little ditty here for you guys because we hate leaving you empty-handed. And I think it's kind of fun to have these little treasure, hidden treasure episodes kind of throughout the uh, feed here. Now, before we get any farther, I gotta share a recent comment on the YouTube page. Normally we talk about YouTube at the very end of the episode, but I want to mention this guy first. So... Shout out to Joshua W., who commented on episode 239, The Amy Rylance Abduction. Holy hell, boys, 26 minutes later, and they finally get to the story. <laughs> Oops. Of course, referencing some of our ever-long intros to some of these episodes. But you know what, Josh, just for you... Can't stop, won't You know, look, I listen to a lot of different podcasts. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not an exclusive paranormal podcast guy. And 90, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 90% of the podcasts that I listen to, they fucking have, like, huge intros before Mm -hmm. they get to the topic at hand. Like, I think that's part of the character of having a podcast like it's the banter between me and you we're catching up it's like uh, we haven't talked to each other and i mean well seriously me and you haven't talked to each other in you know like a week so we're catching up (laughs) since the last time we talked yeah and it's like a week between the podcast get out of here yeah fuck you guys and you know what like we're (laughs) catching up between you 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 listeners so yeah Fuck off, like 27 minutes in this. You know what? Go over and listen to Boogie Monster because, dude, they'll have like an hour episode and it's 40 (laughs) minutes of bullshit. And then it's like, oh, hey, by the way, there's like this thing out in the woods. It raped somebody like, you know, like a dog get ate. And then that's it. That's the show. And it's 40 minutes of bullshit. At least (laughs) we give you 27 minutes of bullshit and 40 minutes of, of content. I mean, there may have been one or two in there where it's a 45-minute episode and we bullshit for half an hour. But I get what you're saying, and I stand behind it. Yeah. And you know what, buddy? You'll never listen to us badmouth you because I don't post these episodes on YouTube. So, you know, unless <laughs> so you... Josh will never hear this. <laughs> yeah, unless, you know, you go over to fucking iTunes and subscribe, and then we're kind of boned. Yeah, but, they were, were kind of hosed. I yeah. do like these free ratings we get via YouTube comments. It's nice. But, I mean, yeah. all joking aside, Joshua, you're not wrong. Sometimes these things drone on for a while. But just like Presto said, man, we're catching up with each other, and we're catching you guys up on our lives. And that's just what you get, baby. You know, live it, learn it, and love it. 
Also, yeah. uh, shout out to the Boogie Monster. I have uh, been listening to that show since it first came out, and I would love one day for us to cross paths with old Kyle and Dave. And Kyle and Dave, if you're listening, um, and you know you want to do a show together, we're open. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And as far as that goes, we're open to doing shows with uh, any podcast. Uh, Mysterious Universe, holler. if you're listening, because <laughs> it says we have two listeners in Australia. So I'm kind of hoping it's like you guys, like you're, oh, you're the only two in Australia oh, that are listening. So it's very possible. It's very, yeah. very possible. But no, um, all jokes aside, guys, please continue leaving all your comments on the YouTube page. We do go through there and look at those. Um, of course, we can't really reply back to them. I may have replied to a few of them in uh, my normal YouTube account. But yeah, we like to hear that stuff. We'll never make fun of you guys or, uh, you know, drag you down in the dirt. Or I'm going to say, know. like, hit us hard. Like, Ooh. maybe that's like a new thing. Like, we appreciate that. Like, we're not sensitive about it. So, you know, go like balls to the walls with your comments on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. fucking hit us hard with that shit. Yeah, I mean, there's no kind of criticism like constructive criticism. We're both yeah. artists. We can take that shit. We've been yeah. through critiques before. Yeah. Yeah, take that, society. The dirtier, the better. Come on. <laughs> well, we've gone five minutes now. I don't want to piss off old Joshua W., so what do you say? <laughs> yeah. We get into it anyway here. A uh, couple news stories on this episode, followed by a very interesting story about the chess championship that happened last month. On this episode, we have um, accidental cryptids, video games, and chess. So why not start off with the news story that I thought was going to be about monsters attacking somebody in the subway, which turned out to be just a bunch of girls dressed up in green leotards. Early Sunday morning, two women were attacked in New York City on the subway by a mysterious group of women wearing neon full bodysuits. A video of the assault was shared on social media that shows what's been called the Green Goblin Gang by local media and also J. Jonah Jameson. In the video, you see the group of green-clad women punching and tossing two 19-year-old women on a subway train near Times Square at around 2 a.m. All jokes aside, real quick, um, that's pretty fucked up, man. There's there's no point to having any kind of, you know, public displays of, you know, quote-unquote badassery, or let's just call it what it is, fucking assault. There's no need for that shit. It's fucking stupid. The assailants escaped the scene with a cell phone and a handbag that were reported in the police report. The mother of one of the victims told the Post that her daughter told her she thought she was being attacked by aliens, adding, I don't know what she was talking about. The mother of the attacked victim also said it happened on her daughter's birthday. This is how she spent her 19th birthday. I hope they get what they deserve, and then, because that's disgusting. And it also says here the girl and her friend did nothing supposedly to provoke the attack. There were no words exchanged prior to the incident. In the police footage I've seen, you could see that my daughter and her friend were standing on the platform talking and laughing. They bumped my daughter and her friends like they strong-armed them. Although the teens refused medical attention at the scene, the birthday girl's mother told the Daily News that she later took her to the hospital because she was covered with bruises on her shoulder, stomach, and lower extremities. The NYPD Public Information Office told HuffPo the bodysuit-clad women escaped the subway and are still at large. 
Detectives reportedly told one of the victims' parents they've seen the attacker's social media pages. So, sounds like they've been doing this stupid shit and posting it on social media. But, yeah, I saw the headline that said Goblin Attack in New York Subway. Got kind of excited and then uh, immediately let down by these assholes, but... I was going to comment that when you first started talking about this article, I'm like, was this an updated version of Gorilla Girls? And yeah. then you were talking about them, like, beating people up. And I'm like, oh, no, Gorilla Girls didn't go that far. But maybe because it's, you know, 1985, so we're talking, like, 30 years later, like, somebody wanted mm-hmm. to, like, one-up the Gorilla Girls. And they're like, how <laughs> else do we fight racism and feminism and you know, 2022? We dress up in green suits and start beating people's asses. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you kind of set a perfect segue there. I was going to make a segue about let's stay on the let's stay on the train and next stop New Hampshire. <laughs> but I like yours better. Speaking of trains and art, next stop New Hampshire, where artists led by nonprofit Positive Street Art have reportedly spent 100 hours over a two-week period on a homage mural to Donkey Kong on the backside of a building. A New Hampshire apartment building has a fresh look that's straight out of the iconic arcade game Donkey Kong. Manuel Ramirez and Cecilia Ulibarri, both co-founders and artists of the nonprofit Positive Street Art, helped finish a Donkey Kong mural on the back of a building in Concord, on Tuesday. And Preston, I sent you a picture of this fucking thing. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Artists reportedly spend around 100 hours over a two-week-long period on the homage to Donkey Kong. The five-story mural features Mario wielding his hammer, Princess Pauline waiting for the rescue, and Donkey Kong looming over from the very top, along with other Donkey Kong accoutrements. The artist nonprofit describes itself as hoping to inspire a passion for the urban arts in a productive way and to build strong communities via art, educational workshops, and community events. Now, Ramirez and Yula Bari said that Donkey Kong was one that they couldn't turn away. It excited them more than any other suggestion or mural so far. Not everybody is appreciative of this type of art, and we understand that. But we're really excited about this project because we've never been asked to do something like this that was inspired by actual architecture as a baseboard. So what's pretty rad here is you can see on the actual picture we're going to put on the Instagram and the Facebook, there are steel girders that are on the back of this building, and they incorporate that into the artwork. Using stencils, they spray paint on kind of like a pixelated steel girder pattern as the basis of this fucking mural, and it's just slick. It's so cool, dude. I dig it. Ramirez and Yulabari have had a hand in many other projects over the year, including painting concrete barriers to set up block-offs for traffic as outdoor dining exploded in popularity during COVID-19. That's pretty fucking cool. Make sure you guys check out the Instagram yeah. and the Facebook because that is pretty damn slick. And that's uh, Mario's not only in the news for that, but Mario's in the news. He's getting a huge upgrade in two ways. I don't know if you've seen it or not. So they're coming out with a new animated movie. So Chris Pratt is voicing Mario. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Black is voicing Bowser. <laughs> and a lot of people are, like, shitting on that because they're like, fuck Chris Pratt. He's a piece of shit. I can't believe... 
you know, that movie in the nineties, Mario Brothers sucked, so what are we why are we touching it? So they're not they're not doing live action. Mm-hmm. They're they're it's animation, so calm down. But a video gamer who does like video game programming with the Unreal Five engine, so he mm-hmm. thought, how neat would it be to make a realistic version of Mario, like three D using Unreal Five? And what better way to showcase the power of the Unreal Five engine? than making a lifelike Chris Pratt as Mario and a lifelike Jack Black as Bowser. And he's got, like, three worlds done. So the infamous, like, 3-1 where it's got the fireballs that, you know, spin around and you got to, like, dodge them and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's actually redone Super Mario with Chris a life-size Chris Pratt as Mario. And it looks pretty fucking slick. So yeah, <laughs> do yourself a favor, YouTube that. I I would dump money on that. It looks like it's hard as fuck uh, because you can like change like the angles, and I, I you know I suck at all video games anyways. Like I been diving into Elden Ring, and that game's handed me my ass. Um, so like I prefer the simple video games where all I have to do is just <laughs> press a button and shit happens. Not you know, timing and things like that. that I'm horrible at that. But yeah. I thought it was really cool that, like, oh, holy God, like, there's Chris Pratt as Mario, and it's so lifelike. Like, it's not, you know, cartoonish anymore. It's it's really showcasing technology, and I was just mind-blown by that. Huh. Well, I'll uh, send me a picture, and I'll drop it into the Instagram as well because that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's keep the theme going with other video game news. They say that chances of getting struck by lightning are one in a million, but surely being struck while in the comfort of your own home is even more ridiculously high. But one guy experienced the unfortunate and incredibly rare incident of being struck by lightning while inside his home on his couch playing video games. Aiden Rawin, 33 was on his PlayStation when he heard a loud crack, followed by an intense sensation throughout his body. After beginning to feel searing heat in his right arm and his partner hinting at a burning smell, they decided he needed to go to the emergency room. Ironically, Aiden was playing the game Stray at the time, a game centered around attempting to save a cat from vicious thunderstorms, among many other desolate scenarios. In attempting to traverse through the in-game city and out of the lightning strikes and heavy rain, Art imitated life as he found himself in a fiery predicament of his own. Rawlman told the Metro, I was on the sofa playing a game where you play as a stray cat and it was thundering outside. Then there was a very loud crack of thunder and I sort of felt a very heavy sensation all over. Then searing heat in my arm and now there are burns. It took about a minute to come back to my senses, and I felt very confused. I went upstairs and asked my husband for a wet towel, as I didn't know what had just happened, but I knew my arm was burning. Damn, and you see pictures there, like it looks like a fucking army of cats scraped up his arm. He asked what that smell was, and to me it smelled like burning. Then he called his parents to take me to the hospital. He said he could see my arm blistering as he washed. Rawan revealed that upon making it to the emergency room, he was seen by nine different doctors, all from different departments. 
Thankfully, though, he was okay with just serious scars on his left arm and a starburst-shaped burn on his right hand. Doctors believed the lightning had bounced off the water in the window and into the room. So that's wild, man. I've heard lots of, you know, warnings from my parents about never taking showers while it was lightning in the outside, but I've never heard of just getting hit while you're playing Xbox. That's fucking nuts. So my uncle, um, my mom's eldest brother, they lived in Peabody, Kansas at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was thunderstorming, and my grandmother was like, now, Leslie, don't don't take that bath. You wait. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's Mr. Super Genius, and I know everything, and he's like, that's fucking stupid, and got in the bathtub, and this was like 1961, 1962, somewhere around there, and took oh, wow. a bath, and the fucking house got hit, and... Um, yeah, he got uh, shocked in the bathtub, and so yeah, growing Whoa. up as a kid, my my mom was always like, if it was storming, she's like, "You kids, don't take a bath, don't do this, don't do that," and we were always like, "Dude, you're full of shit," and she was like, "No, your uncle Leslie," and I was like, "Holy crap!" Wow. Yeah. So that's what's wrong with old Uncle Leslie. Yeah, yeah, that explains a lot. He also got like half of his stomach taken off because he got bit by a brown like recluse when he was a teenager. So, oh, damn. Yeah, fuck that guy though. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Yeah, there was a time whenever um, we had a really bad storm after Shayla and I had just moved into this house. I think it was like our second summer of being here. And I went into the garage to get something out of the garage at like two in the morning, three in the morning. And water was just, like, pouring in one of the windows like a fucking waterfall. And I freaked out and remembered in the back of my head my dad saying, you know, like two weeks earlier, hey, don't forget, you're going to want to clean out those gutters before these rainstorms start hitting or else it's going to flood your gutters. So I grab my ladder, run outside, prop it up against the... uh, prop it up against the gutter, climb up there, and I'm grabbing, like, you know, handfuls and armfuls of leaves out of this fucking gutter. Meanwhile, there's a huge lightning storm, just boom, boom, bang everywhere, and I'm just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, go, 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 go. And then finally, I jumped off the ladder. As soon as I got off the ladder, lightning hit the neighbor's tree that was, like, 300 feet away from me. Mm -hmm. And then I look over and go, ah, because I was on a metal ladder. So yeah. I was extremely lucky. And beyond that, Shayla had no idea I was outside on the fucking ladder at three in the morning. So that could have ended even worse had, um, you know, things gone the other way. Yeah, you could have been like me. <laughs> Fell <laughs> off the ladder and shattered your wrist. I mean, or worse, man, just roasted. Yeah. We, um, in our backyard growing up as a kid, uh, there was a tree that we had that it was pretty big. It was like an elm tree. And I was upstairs sleeping one night, and there was a thunderstorm going on, and there was, like, this huge explosion, and the house shook, and, you know, the whole bedroom lit up like fucking, like, a nuclear bomb went off, and it Mm. cracked the window, and we all, like, freaked out, ran out, you know, side, and lightning had struck that tree next to the house and just fucking shattered it, like, damn, exploded, and it hit the house so hard that it cracked the window, so holy hell man yeah yeah my neighbor's house i believe they have two trees now that have both been hit by lightning and i think it hit their house uh, another time since we've lived here at this house so 
I don't know. I'm not going to get up on any more metal ladders anytime soon. Yeah. Me neither. I learned my lesson. <laughs> yeah, buddy. You might want to lay off for a little while, too. Yeah. Well, in other shocking game-related news, in what I'll perhaps call our main story, Joshua, if you're keeping track, which I know you are, it is now 21 minutes into the episode... A cheating scandal has rocked the world of professional chess as a winner of the recent Sinkfield Cup in St. Louis, Missouri has been accused of mm, cheating, but in a rather unique way. A cheating scandal is buzzing in the chess world right now with wild allegations of a chess champion using technology in order to signal winning moves after a teenage newcomer has beat the world champion at a high-stakes tournament. Hans Niemann, a 19-year-old in San Francisco, California, caused a major upset when he recently defeated the Norwegian Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen, a 31-year-old, at the Sinkfield Cup in St. Louis, Missouri, back on September 4th. In the wake of a stunning result of the match, the chess world exploded into raging allegations that Neiman had been cheating, thus being banned from any future chess.com tournaments. Carlson was the reigning five-time world chess champion, while Neiman was the lowest-rated player in the tournament. His loss to the newbie ended his 53-game winning streak, and he quickly withdrew from the tournament. My voice just cracked which features a 350000 U.S. cash prize. He said, I've always enjoyed playing at the St. Louis Chess Club and hope to be back in the future. Then he added a strange cryptic message. I prefer not to speak. I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I am in big trouble, and I don't want to be in big trouble. Now, observers online were quick to accuse Neiman of using technology to cheat despite no evidence of foul play. Players can use vibration-based buttons placed in their shoes to communicate with a chess engine hidden somewhere else in their clothing in order to gain outside advice on how to move their chess pieces. The computer system can predict game outcomes and provide recommendations on how to win. The vibrating shoe theory sparked an unfounded allegation that Neiman was tapping into a computer somehow, but not with a shoe computer, but instead, Preston, a wireless prostate massager or by using wireless anal beads. Huh. That's right. They're accusing your boy of having anal beads in his butt that vibrate and tell him how to move his chest pieces. Oh, I don't even know what to say. Neiman was then banned from chess.com and uninvited from its global championship, which had a $1 million U.S. cash prize. Now, that story came from September 14th. An update the very next day, September 15th. 19-year-old Hans Neiman pulled off a major upset by defeating Norwegian Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen at the Sinkfield Cup on September 4th. Neiman insisted that his win was legitimate and suggested he was willing to debunk the anal bead theory. If they want me to strip fully naked, I'll do it. I don't care, because I know I'm clean, he said during an interview. You want me to play in a closed box with zero electronic transmission? I don't care. I'm here to win, and that's my goal regardless. 
Although Carlson is a rated top player in the world by international chess foundations, he abruptly had withdrawn from the Sinkfield Cup after Neiman had defeated him. No one has proven thus far, as of September 15th, that Neiman cheated at the Sinkfield Cup, but it was noted this is not the first time he's been accused of cheating during a prize money match on chess.com. American Grandmaster Hikura Nakamura has covered the tournament live on his Twitch channel, suggesting that Neiman was cheating, leading the 19-year-old to accuse Nakamura of making frivolous implications on Twitter. In addition, Canadian Grandmaster Eric Hansen later said he had removed Neiman from chess events he'd hosted due to cheating suspicions. And so the accusations begin to run rampant. Neiman has acknowledged that he did cheat using computer assistance in online games when he was younger, but he said he has not done any cheating or anything illegal during the Sinkfield Cup, and his win was legitimate. It must be embarrassing for the world champion to lose to an idiot like me, said Neiman during an interview. I feel bad for him. But then the Sinkfield Cup's chief arbiter released a statement on September 10th saying there was no indication of any player cheating during the competition. But then an update this afternoon, Preston, which actually originally piqued my interest. And yet another extraordinary twist in a saga that has gripped the world by its butt. The world's top chess website has found Grandmaster Hans Niemann has likely cheated more than 100 times in previous chess games. Now an investigation conducted by Chess.com and the Wall Street Journal believes that the American has cheated in dozens and dozens of games. A 72-page report came out that said it was believed he was cheating during the different times he opened up web browsers on his computer during chess.com games. But the team player has been dodging allegations since he defeated Carlson in an over-the-board game at the Sinkfield Cup last month. Neiman subsequently made headlines when he was accused of using anal beads to defeat Carlson. The Grandmaster denied such rumors still, however, he has admitted he'd cheated twice when he was 12 and 16 years old while playing online games at chess.com. But now, however, it's believed he's allegedly cheated way more than he first admitted to. The website used a variety of cheating detection tools in the investigation, which includes analytics that compare human moves to those of chess engines that are incapable of losing. After the report was filed, it said that Neiman privately confessed to cheating in a message to the platform's chief chess officer, Danny Rinch. The investigation later noted that Neiman's improvement and rise through in-person chess had shown many remarkable signals and unusual patterns. But it stopped short of making a conclusive statement about Neiman's performance in person, however... It is believed that Neiman's strongest moments merited further investigation into the data. Looking purely at the ratings, Hans should be classified as a member of the group of top young players. While we don't doubt Hans is a talented player, we note that his results are statistically extraordinary. Oh, holy cow. I don't know, man. What do you think? Anal beads to win the chess championship. I mean, I, I don't see why not, you know? 
Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta use anything to your advantage. So yeah, man, I why mean, not your prison pocket, right? Yeah, you know, if the beads uh, were they vibrating beads? Is that, well, is that... <laughs> that's what one is led to believe. Being electronic anal beads, I would hope they would do something if they were battery powered. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh... <sighs> I, I I mean, rock stars hide heroin up their ass, so why not? Uh... Chess players hide anal beads up there, you know? You, you got you got to have any every advantage you can get. That's true, man. The world is a-changing. I remember yeah. watching a documentary about this really big conspiracy that came out saying there were allegations of um, paraplegic basketball players holding their urine for extremely long periods of time because somehow it gave them some kind of weird and endorphin rush that helped them play basketball better and it came to find out that a lot of players were doing that and a lot of people had gotten into some serious trouble because apparently that was a form of like bio doping <laughs> mm. it was a pretty nuts story but yeah i uh, every time i have to pee now i just think like I, I wonder if i could like go play basketball and do a little bit better if i hold my pee in yeah yeah, I need to uh, rewatch that documentary because it's been a hot minute, but yeah, absolutely wild. Well, I don't know where to go from there, so I think that ends number two of our Hidden Treasure episodes. Presto, you got anything else to add, buddy? Look, as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, go over to BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And uh, he doesn't have a prison pocket scent, but what he does have is <laughs> oh, Bay Rum Sweet Tobacco Fresh Citrus Mint Classic. Um, I got, you know, I'm stuck in the house, and I still put Bay Rum in my beard every day. And yeah, uh, I just I just love the way it smells. So uh, go over to Dobbs, check it out, you know, up your beard game. And then um, when you're done going over to Dobbs, go over to YouTube. Check out the Pixelated Paranormal podcast page on YouTube. We're up to 210 subscribers, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll take anything you'll give us. That is absolutely true. And while you're at it on the socials, please check out the Pixelated Paranormal podcast on Facebook. Check out at PXL Paranormal on the old Instagram Please hit us up with your own personal stories. We're going to be putting together another listener story episode very soon. You can send your emails to us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Where you can remain anonymous or we can share your first name or we don't got to share any name. Just let us know. Or you could also leave us a voicemail at 913-662-3144. That's... 913-662-3144. And we'd like to share your guys' stories. I've got a handful already. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump off here so I can keep on loading them episodes on the new thread. Uh, Thanks again, guys, for following us, for listening, for switching over to our new feed and everything else. All the support means a lot to us. And until next time, on behalf of Big Steven, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And stay spooky, and stay on the Paranormal Highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the Paranormal Highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. 
Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.